0: Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day.
1: i am a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care.
0: Here's your host, Nursing Home Administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Shmuel Septimus. Okay. We are live, so welcome to this live broadcast, this live recording, I should say, of the Love Your Your 9 to 5 show. Oh my gosh. Okay, cut. Welcome to this live broadcast of the Nursing Home Podcast. The Love Your 9 to 5 show is in the side view mirror for now, and this is the podcast, the only podcast really that you need to listen to, to learn what's really going on in the nursing home industry. We know that the nursing home industry, I said I would steer clear of this, but the nursing home industry is has been front and center in a lot of people's minds recently. No, we're not going to be spending time discussing that on today's show. However, the goal of this podcast is for professionals in the industry, for family members, for residents, regulators, operators, anyone who engages in a nursing home and wants to learn more about the industry and about what really happens in the industry the goal is for them to have the opportunity to learn a little bit more about it in a a unique way through this podcast. So today I have the opportunity uh, to have with me a professional in the self-care, self-help space. I know that's not how you would necessarily introduce yourself, but hold on. Uh, And we're going to discuss specifically something that's unique in some way to the nursing home space but more generally or more broadly to anyone caring for a parent a loved one who is getting up there in years and we're going to discuss a little bit some of the challenges. so first of all before we go further so eva Veneri, welcome to the nursing home podcast
1: thank you glad to be here thank you
0: yeah we're well, glad you're able to make it and we're glad that we're doing this virtually because when we do it virtually everybody is healthier and people are less nervous <laughs> but before we even go further i always like when our listeners have the and our viewers right now because we're doing this live on linkedin and on facebook um so i always like when uh, when our viewers can our listeners can have a better understanding of who it is that they're speaking with so evan if you don't mind if you can share with us the short version of your professional journey how it led you to do that what you're doing right now go ahead
1: Yeah, yeah. So professionally, I've been exposed to a a lot of different types of businesses, but I landed in the self-care industry after years of burnout for myself uh, due to not taking care of me. And if without me, I discovered uh, I can't take care of anyone else. (laughs) So it, it it was a continual progression of take a job, work it put food on the table, work it to the point of burnout, have to get laid off due to some sort of economic issue and then try to do that all over again. And it was just repeated. Yeah.
0: Wow. well, I mean that that might sound very basic that, you know, to care for yourself and like who wouldn't, but unfortunately, as you lived and as you know, this is, this is not uncommon. And this is even out of the nursing home space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> it 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 tends to <clears throat> it tends to follow everybody who has someone to care for. Um, the old adage that I had to adopt of when you're on an airplane, help yourself with the mask and then help those that you're with. It's not followed for some reason, and a lot of times it's not followed especially among Women, uh, we draw the line in the sand and like, oh, this one time it's okay if I don't make sure that I eat breakfast or make sure that I don't get that exercise or, or you know, it's okay for this week if I if I if I stop taking my supplements or whatever that self care is. And I'm not talking about pampering, obviously. the Things that I mentioned or have nothing to do with pampering. You know, that's different, different, different kind care, of self care. It is self care. It's it's under the same umbrella, but specifically where I found I was lacking were those those three things: is, is nutrition. Exercise and general habits of making sure that I knew when to say no.
0: <laughs> so, so let's let's go back. I mean, thank you for sharing that. But let's go back a little bit and mm-hmm. let's let's focus on the problem or the challenge that faces uh, that exists in the nursing home uh, setting. So, I know I've seen this firsthand. I don't know uh, your full experience with this, but I've certainly seen where you have family members that are there almost literally 24 hours a day making sure being the advocate because everyone knows that nursing homes are terrible everyone knows how you know how if the family member is not there who knows what will happen now there might be some truth that if there's an engaged family member whether we like to admit it or not the nursing home does feel a little bit more obligated and just like you have regulators you know you want to make sure that you have the opportunity to you know, to do good in their eyes because you know that they're going to hold you accountable. So there is something to be said about that. But I'll just tell you from an operator standpoint, people who overstep their bounds create a vicious friction, unnecessary friction, and many times get in the way of their own care. So, for example, I know we mentioned there's a joke before we went live, and I said I'm not going to talk about the coronavirus, but a quick mention is what we just said, is that the people who have over-anxiety about anything, they they can actually compromise their immune system and make them more susceptible to the things that they're concerned about. So you have an an over engaged family member, and the family member is trying to advocate for their loved one, and kudos to them that they're there and they're stopping whatever their life is at that point, in order to advocate and make sure that they're receiving the best of care, which mind you, they may have no idea what that is, because many of them are not clinicians. But and that can be great. And sometimes that's there. And sometimes that could be a great partnership with the nurses. Sometimes it, it does work out really well. They're the people who, who actually show up to care plan meetings when we make them. Those are the people who respond to notices when we send them out. You know, there's a very engaged family. Sometimes that could be fantastic. And even when it is fantastic, that's where sometimes you find the self care issue comes in. We've had to sometimes literally tell a family member, you know, just. Go away by yourself without anybody for a day. Go for you know, go to a spa. Just go relax. uh, Go to the beach. You you literally need that for yourself. So let let, let's before we even discuss solutions. I love focusing on problems. Um,
1: (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. So why why is it why do we do that? I mean, we're not stupid. So so why 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 do we do this? We like we. Oh, one second. And coupled with the fact that not only they're looking after their parents, they have small children at home that are suffering and the grades start sliding and then they start, you know, showing up in funny places or we're not exactly sure where they are. As <laughs> yes. mom who's, who's, you know, the husband still expects dinner on the table on time, right. you know, freshly cooked meals. I and mean, we could go on and on, but you get the picture and people really, really, can, they, they can go pretty deep into this. So, so we're human beings, we're the most intelligent creature on the planet. Why do we do something that is so stupid?
1: It, it makes that statement arguable doesn't it <laughs> are we yeah, really the smartest yeah i think it's a, it's the devil we know and it's it, like it's easier to complain about what's going on than it is to come up with a solution it takes effort to come up with solutions and a lot of it is we don't know if the solutions are going to work and don't we want things that are going to work as opposed to trying things and then trying something new and then exhausting ourselves. Well, that didn't work very well. Let me try something else and something else. And I think it can be a vicious cycle. That too can keep you in burnout, but there's a little bit of a a high that some people get through the complaining. And that's just a side note.
0: (laughs) I actually wasn't even referring to that. I was referring to why would we, I don't think this comes from righteousness. I don't think this comes from overly caring for other people. Of course it of course we care and of course we're we're definitely giving a, a we. Before a we I was the operator, and Now I'm becoming that, that family member. So of course doing what we're doing everything that we think is appropriate for our loved one, but we're doing it in a way that we're we're just not gonna stop at anything. And even when everybody's telling us the doctor telling us a family member telling us everyone's saying just go away, take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. Sometimes we just dig in further and further. And and that really was my question. That The fact that we love focusing on problems, I don't need an explanation for that. We all know that. <laughs> uh, but the question here is, like, when we know that it's detrimental, we still focus on, on we still continue doing it. And that is yeah. something which is interesting.
1: Yeah, and I, I think both aspects are useful, especially to a person who's a chronic complainer and doesn't know it. <laughs> So that aspect is one is one thing and and why I focus on some of that is mindset practice is it's really important to get a handle on those those thoughts that are going through your mind that keep you in a state of anxiety when you really are of no use to anyone you can't have a decent conversation with your as an advocate with the practitioners who are there to take care of your loved ones if you're overtired or if you're not thinking straight or if you're out of out of mind emotionally and, and can't engage uh maturely you know all all of these things they raise the stress level inside the body and wow. the, that that affects your ability to communicate
0: wow wow no that, that 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 certainly does and you know many times you're dealing with a caregiver uh, who they're already operating with very especially in the nursing home setting with very limited resources yeah. and they're already you know, they might be running short staffed and they're, they're really, you know, they got into the business initially because this is something that they genuinely care about. And now they have a family member who hasn't slept, who's concerned financially because they might be behind because they're not showing up to work. They're, They're concerned about losing their job. They have extra stress at home. And all this is in the name of, of, you know, trying to advocate for the best possible care. And again, just to be clear, it's it is important for family members to advocate for care appropriately. But so what, what, what would we say to someone who's listening to this or watching this right now and they feel like, oh, my gosh, they're talking exactly about me. I never realized that. Or the more common, most people don't say that. It's exactly her. I come every day and I always see her in the next room. She never, <laughs> never leaves, never takes care of herself or himself. So what, what would be like a good place to start, you know, for someone to start making that shift and maybe some practical tips of what they can actually do?
1: Yeah, Uh, it was important for me when I was uh, visiting my loved one in hospitals, um, not so much nursing homes, but in hospitals, especially if they were in there for a long stay to advocate for them Mm -hmm. in a way that made a team. So I wasn't the only person who was coming in. I was just the main person and the person who orchestrated who was going to come in on what schedule, who was going to sleep the night, who was going to be there with, you know, um, the afternoon, who was going to talk to the doctors, You know, all, all of that was orchestrated, um, and learning to delegate and trust others around you, including the staff. The staff mm-hmm. is, they're busy, like you said, they're understaffed, and we're supposed to be there to help convey messages if and convey the emergency situation if it arises, not every little moment. So there's kind of, I, I veered into a different lane there real quick, but the idea is to not over-accentuate things and make make little issues bigger just because they're your issues and you want your loved one to be taken care of first it's not always necessary it's just find your way to manage yourself into a lane of it's okay to wait in line for a minute if it becomes an emergency then you're not crying wolf when you do cry
0: (laughs) okay so really so really you're right there's really different parts to this conversation one part is how to be a good advocate and like you said You're going to have to, there's all the family dynamics that always rise to the surface when this happens, because, you know, uh, it's first of all, is it Eva or Eva? Eva. Eva. Eva, Okay. So Eva always is the bossy type. And (laughs) ever since we were little, she's always taking charge. She doesn't even know what she's doing. So you know what? She thinks that I'm showing up tonight. Well, guess what? I'm not. I'm not showing up tonight because I don't want to, and I'm not going to tell her. And all that type of stuff. So, So one thing is getting her act together. You know, out of the healthcare setting, and getting the family on the same page, getting the family and the and the healthcare providers on the same page is a is a big deal as well. And like you said, viewing everybody as a team. You know, we're we're not the, the everyone's goal is that the patient resident should have the best possible care and the best possible experience, and should be should really be well cared for. That's our goal. That's what we're trying to accomplish and let's also make sure that we're emotionally we the family members are emotionally involved here so we're going to see the slightest grimace on that hey oh my gosh let's call the nurse call the doctor call the administration we must do something immediately and if there is no clinical intervention that's done immediately we we say oh my gosh we're calling our lawyers we're suing you people you're killing you know (laughs) sometimes i'm exaggerating to bring out a point Yeah, family members are very a healthy relationship. They should be emotionally uh, connected, emotionally involved, realize that you're emotionally involved and realize that if you, like you said, if you cry wolf too many times, eventually you'll be tuned out. You'll just be seen as another problem and you won't be seen as part of the solution. And you know, that's, that certainly happens. And it certainly happens that, uh, that we find that, you know, this family member, we know when, you know, when she's around or when he's around, We have to kind of manage it, but, you know, they're not helpful. They're not on our team.
1: Well, yeah, I'm just going back to a a memory of, of just, (laughs) that's good. I was going back to a memory of how the doctors can communicated with me and how they took me seriously as in this case, I was, I'm, I'm the parent uh, visiting my child in the hospital who they said to me, gave instructions, if she has a reaction to this medication, this is what you look for. I heard that, I listened, I watched. And being the person who was in the room all the time, she had the reaction, not in the time frame that they thought that she would, fine. But when they okay. did, it was two o'clock in the morning and I was on the phone with the doctor and I was able to get the nurse's attention because I didn't cry wolf, but because I said, hey, this is what's happening, I think this is important. And you, I communicated with logic instead of with a bunch of fear and, and craziness. You really have to keep your emotions in check, which is not a common thing for um, loved ones to do when they're when they're uh, taking care of somebody in the hospital. All these emotions are heightened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at two o'clock in the morning, I'm on the phone with a doctor who gave the the the, uh, the order for the drug. And we were able to come to a conclusion that. Okay, we're taking her off of this drug. And that was the best thing to move forward and try something different. So be a part of the conversation in that way and and come to a solution together and make suggestions without being, like you said, over bossy. You really have to watch the attitude (laughs) when it comes to dealing with these individuals. They do have a great deal of um, knowledge about the medication, the medicine and how it's to be administered. If that's not the end of care, as you know, you know, then, then healing comes into play and that's part of my job. But the communication and that teamwork, not only with the family, who is your supportive uh, to make sure that you get your rest as the main uh, person. If you want to call yourself the main person, it's like whoever's matriarch, whoever is the patriarch, whoever it is that everybody else needs to fall in line and be a part of that as a yeah. team. And then the communication needs to be really high level
0: yeah no that's definitely very very uh well said and if you think from a clinician standpoint or from an operation standpoint you know sometimes we can have our attending physician come and give some sort of medical advice diagnosis prognosis uh, treatment plan and sometimes you'll have even more senior members of our clinical team come in the medical director and regional medical director outside opinions. And then the daughter says, well, my uncle's cousin was in school for a semester to become a nurse. And she says, <laughs> so the doctor is off as well. Now remember this doctor was in school for 15 years, did a residency for three years, has been practicing for 30 years, specifically in this population and might have a difference of opinions. And was, yeah. uh, from the operator's standpoint, they have to realize what the family member's going through and to them it's just it's those guys and mom those guys or like in your case you know a child um and that can you know that can be a difficult experience but it's good for both sides to realize you know the family should realize that they're coming as much as they may try to keep it in check their emotions are there and for the for those who are providing the care they should realize that the family members are trying their best to be part of the team and uh and but you know, give them a little bit of space, you know, to be human. Because imagine yeah. if the tables were were reversed, you know, how would we behave in their situation? Yeah. Let's put the conversation on now to your world, a little bit more into your world, mm-hmm. when we have the person who's advocating appropriately or they're trying the best that they can and they, they listen, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing, and they feel that they're getting burnt out, they know that they're getting burnt out, um, they they see that, you know, they even have the resident or the loved one, whoever it is that they're supposed to be caring for, asking them to leave. So that just because maybe they, first of all, maybe they need some space and B, even if they don't need some space, they realize that you need some space. Yeah. So how, how would you go about, like, what, what would you tell such a person? What should they actually do?
1: It, and, and this goes back to just pers- personal experience and, and how I discovered it was so important to really find where those edges were of my boundaries of how much is too much stimulation because being in a hospital setting where you are on watching your loved one, that's a job. That's paying attention. That's spending energy. Um, Even if you're sitting in a chair, knitting in a corner somewhere, you know, you're still part of the room. You're still part of the environment. So discover how long is too long and, and stop yourself and say, okay, I'm going to need a break and schedule that time to have somebody else come in. If you're, if your person who's being cared for wants someone with them Um, and and I always advise that anyways, it's like they, they shouldn't be left alone too, too Mm -hmm. often. I see problems with that, but the, you know, discover what your, your ends are, where where can you begin your day and where can you end your day? How much is too much and stop before it's too much, because if you're burnt out and too tired and, and can't communicate, it's, it's not going to work out for anybody. So <clears throat> it's the give yourself breaks. Make sure you go to the restroom. Pay attention to how much water you're drinking because hydration can make you uh, feel hungry and more tired than you actually are. Um, it can do about, and it also lowers your immune system. And since you are in a place where there are the possibility of more germs, more virus, more everything, you want to improve your immune system. So <clears throat> that hydration is really important. And I always recommend like. I'm a, I'm a health coach coach practitioner specifically working with rebuilding the immune system mm-hmm. um, and infertility so the, those things are my specialties and this information is to boost the immune system is good for all humans at all times <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sleep <laughs> water and then rest because there's a big confusion between sleep and rest people think that rest is the same as sleep and it's not it's giving your mind an awake time that is without having to be on is a good way to rest your mind okay. yeah. well what
0: uh, would you like to do that
1: uh, read read a book something that you enjoy doing take up a hobby you go for a walk all of these things to help clear your mind um it, it's by person and it's by preference so if you have something that you love to do that gets your mind off of this need to be on and pay attention to what's going on with your loved one, then that's a good thing to get your, your mind to retract.
0: Okay. So that, and that's not limited to someone who's caring for a loved one. That, that, I mean, that, that's just a fascinating point that anyone, anyone who's involved in anything serious and stressful, which probably includes most human beings, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, we have our jobs. We have our relationships. Whatever it is that that we've that is concerning and serious and matters to us. Right. So we walk around most of the day. We're on. That means that we're constantly thinking and thinking and calculating and figuring out what our next step should be and what did that person mean and where do I have to go now and What is you, the
1: look on that face? What do you mean? Yeah, all oh, of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. What did she mean when she said that? Or all those types of things. So we need a place where we can go where we're not well, yeah, like you said, where we're not off. So it doesn't have to be sleep. I and mean, sleep is like equivalent of dying, right? <laughs> so it's like you're completely out. So you don't have to do that. There should there should be a space between sleep and, and resting. Resting basically when I tell my kids to rest, it means I really want them to go to sleep. And during our pre bedtime negotiations, after giving multiple candies, they agree that I'm resting, but I'm not gonna sleep the whole night. Then they usually wake up in the morning and and forget about the tactics until the following night. So that's not what we're referring to here.
1: No, but but you bring a really good side note to that because as adults, we tend to have a hard time falling asleep <laughs> in a different way than when we're children and we need to be coerced to go to sleep. And there's strategies. I mean, I call sleep a, a tricky mistress because it's really difficult to get it to and to align for some people when you've been on all the time and your mind is worrying, like you said, it's not worrying. It's were that constant motion of thinking, what do I do next? What did I forget to do? Oh my God, I made that mistake. And tomorrow I have this to do all of these things. They keep us in this state of like stress here. And it's that getting back into the body, being restful. This is where meditation comes into play, doing breathing exercises, uh, people like yoga, some sort of movement to get the body moving again, all of these things, are helpful and and you can do all of them if you want to but pick the type of couple that you like to have like in your back pocket that you can pull out anywhere and do that so that you can take your own rest regardless
0: of wherever you are
1: close your eyes and you're in your own world
0: wow wow and take, take control i yeah. like i just want to go back to what you said earlier as well is that even before we discuss anything about um we discuss anything about resting and you know the self-care There's also setting clear boundaries for yourself is is so critical because, you know, here it is, I have a loved one receiving care from somebody else that I'm supposed to trust. Maybe I'm paying for it, maybe I'm not, but I'm not comfortable with my loved one being in a setting other than their home or my home. And now it's sometimes emotionally, yes, I need to be there as long as I can. And every day, the whole day, no matter what. Now, by logically and saying one second, that's impossible. It's never going to happen. That shouldn't be happening. I'm never going to be there all day. So, so let's define this instead of waiting like, oh my goodness, you know, uh, my son is waiting three hours to be picked up and my boss left me 10 messages and you know, and my spouse is ready to kill me and the nursing home yelled at me six times that visiting hours, which don't really exist for me, you know, I've exhausted my, my, uh, rights and my privilege. Uh, before all that happens, let's start beforehand. And say, okay, these are, these are my responsibilities. They're all important. Prioritize them in whatever system you want. So this is the amount of time, you know, the, the quantity of time, the quality of the time that I can afford. And this is how much is needed. If that's enough, great. If not, who else can pitch in, like you said? You know, other family members or other caregivers, friends in the community. And believe it or not, you know, healthcare facilities do provide good care. It's yes. true that it's true that there's that there's uh, advocates are important and necessary, but uh, you know, unless with, with some exceptions, but for the most part, if you leave them alone for some time, sometimes that's good for them. You know, uh, before they were in the healthcare facility, you weren't with them all day, and frankly, they preferred that. You know, it's it's good when they come as good when they leave, right? It's not what grandparents are all about? Right? So yeah. They paid their dues already; they don't have to watch you. So the point is. Having clear guidance for yourself and just being realistic about it before jumping in too much, or if you've already jumped in too much, you know, kind of reassessing the situation. And then it, when you're not there, making sure that you're recharging and not stressing out. Oh my gosh, I wonder what's going on. I wonder what's going. On. If if I was there, this wouldn't have happened. Yes. God forbid, God forbid, there is a setback when you weren't there. Don't blame it on yourself. Now, the rest of your of your life. Who says if you would have been there? um you know you would have prevented maybe it would have been worse if you were there you would have gotten in the way you would have you know convinced the responding team to act differently so okay but now getting back to what you said about self care so you need a place to kind of escape to to rest and then i think what you started saying before is to allow yourself to sleep because to go from on to off is not a natural transition for the body and we need to kind of get into that zone and like you said it could be reading it could be relaxing it could be walking it could be yoga it could be anything but something that's more neutral and not the the on switch so that you get to sleep and you wake up rejuvenated instead of tossing and turning all night and you know for the same price you could have been there exactly that makes sense.
1: <clears throat> yeah i tell people sleep issues insomnia it comes along with chronic fatigue which comes along with all of the stuff that could happen to a person if they leave themselves on running all the time and <clears throat> it's easy to get there and once you're stuck there it's harder to get out of so i have a lot of conversations with people around how do I get myself to fall asleep? Your head hits the pillow and it's not happening naturally because you're in that state of worry and the worrying both. <clears throat> um, how do you get the cortisol to, to, to drop? How do you get that, uh, the body to go, oh, I can go to sleep now? Because as long as you have the stress hormones running through your system, your body says, it's not time to sleep I can't relax it's a physics thing it's like saying go up when there's gravity and you, you push the ball off the, the cliff it's gonna go down you can't mm-hmm. expect it to go up <laughs> so it's it's a matter of manually sometimes communicating we have the choice of how to communicate with our bodies one of them is physically breathing when you breathe deeper and slower that's a signal to your body that we're no longer in a state of stress so that's an immediate response. The other one is a little mind trick. You can actually tell your, your consciousness, tell, tell, say to yourself, it's okay right now if we don't fall asleep. We're just going to close our eyes and rest. And next thing you know, you're out. So <laughs> it's like a little bit of reverse psychology on the subconscious mm-hmm. mind. It goes a long way.
0: Right. So you stop stop fighting it or stop consciously trying to sleep. Yeah. Why am I not sleeping? Why why am I not sleeping? This way you can be, you can be more present. For, for when you when you do need to be on and when you do need to be focusing um, on the activities that you're supposed to be focusing on yeah. now, now Eva if you don't mind sharing with us um, I know I don't want to take too much of your time and I do want to start wrapping things up here sure. but if, if people if our listeners or our viewers who are watching live now are interested in learning more about you about your services um, first of all is there any particular signature signature bleh, signature <laughs> product or service that you offer? that you want to talk about for a moment and then let's find out how they can actually take advantage of, of that offer.
1: Sure. Yeah. I, what I offer is a way to rebuild the body physically. It's uh, it's not like mindset tricks that, I mean, I mentioned some Jedi master stuff there a minute ago, but really mm-hmm. what I do is, is physically fortify the body so that it's automatically displacing toxins. It's a detoxifier. Um, and the modality, if you've ever heard of it is hair mineral analysis. And so that's my main nutrition Uh, You can tell a whole story about how a body functions and its vitality, its ability to heal and overcome illness long term uh, by just looking at your hair. It's amazing. It's the only thing that helped me. And I had I mentioned earlier, chronic fatigue, anxiety, insomnia, depression. I mean, I could depress you with the 30 different things that I had um, and told was told that I would never recover from. And I'm glad to say I'm an argument. (laughs) and I've been helping people for the better part of a decade all over the world get over things that they think is normal for their age and that includes going through uh, bumpy menopause uh, difficulties with hypothyroidism that seems to be prolific a lot of people have that issue Um, even sexual dysfunctions for both men and women been working with uh, specifically infertility and the IUD damage that happens in young women reversing it so that they can have kids and we can continue to have this progression of generation after generation so the the work that I do is is physically fortifying the body
0: Well, well are you limited to a particular geographic area
1: No, all over the world. I have clients in Switzerland, London, uh, Canada, uh, all all over.
0: Wow. Wow. Amazing. So if our listeners want to learn more about, about you, about your services, where's the best place to send them?
1: I have a website that they can take a free online assessment to see if they too are out of alignment with their mineral balancing. And no blood, no firstborn required. You just follow the online questionnaire and it gives you a quick feedback. That website is theelevateinstitute.com. Again, theelevateinstitute.com. And right on the front homepage, it says, yes, take me to it. Click on that link and it takes you right to the uh, the free assessment online.
0: Okay, amazing. We'll definitely link up to that in the show notes when we have this episode on the podcast. But in the meantime, uh, Eva, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time and sharing with us your unique perspective on both the challenge and the ad- advocacy element of the family members and you know that emotional logical balance as well as some of the practical steps and really even more is is, i think i'm just thinking out loud um is realizing that there's it's normal to be challenged in this way and if you feel burnt out then you might actually be and there are real practical uh steps that you can take which are not weird maybe they are but they (laughs) (laughs) work. <laughs> but, they
1: do work, yes. <laughs>
0: it, it works. Other people have had the same struggle, same challenge. They came out the other side successful. So you know that you go to the Elevate. What's the website? One more time.
1: TheElevateInstitute.com.
0: TheElevateInstitute.com. And again, like I said, we'll link up to that in show notes. Thank you so much for joining the Nursing Home Podcast today, and of course, don't forget to head on over to TheElevateInstitute.com. Thank you, Eva, so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me, it's been a
0: pleasure. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.